Welcome to La Taverna Friuli Wines, the definitive podcast on wines from Friuli Venezia Giulia. I'm your host, Wayne Young. Hey, Friuli Wine friends, it's your pal Wayne Young here on La Taverna. How's everybody doing? Alessandro Pecorari is our guest today from the Pierpaolo Pecorari Winery in Isonzo. Very interesting guy. Really lovely human being. Um, it was a joy sitting with him and listening to him speak, talking about history, talking about his winery, talking about philosophy. One of those wineries that I knew the wine, knew the label for many years, and uh, I'm really looking forward still to visiting them. Maybe somewhere around the holidays time when uh, things are a little bit calmer. Maybe Alessandro is back from his various sales trips and such. So really looking forward to spending more time uh, speaking with Alessandro and his wife, Clizia, and uh, tasting more of their wines, seeing what uh, the winery is all about in person. It's always a pleasure to to discover something new and exciting. So I hope you enjoy this episode of La Taverna. Um, I do have a favor to ask you though, everyone who's listening to me, if you're listening to me, I want to know what you're drinking. I, I want to see what you guys are drinking. I mean, I post bottles on my Instagram from time to time, but I want to see what you guys are drinking. What are you drinking out there? What are you drinking in America? What are you drinking in in Friuli? What are you drinking in Veneto? Wherever you guys might happen to be. What are you drinking in London? What do you drink? Tell me. I want to see it. So get that those pictures of your bottles up to me. You can send me a personal message on uh, Instagram at Wayne Grape, or uh, you can put it up on uh, on on your Instagram. Tag me, and uh, I want to see what you guys are drinking up there. So get those bottle shots up there for me. I'll put up a couple of my own, um, and I hope to see what you guys are drinking. You could also post that up on the page on uh, Facebook on La Taverna. Friuli Wine right there on Facebook. Just go and look it up and you'll find me there. And you'll get all the sort of behind the scenes shots of us taking our selfies after we do our recording. So definitely check that out. Anyway, I think you know what's coming. I think you can hear the music coming in. I think it's time for a wine rant. I think if I hear the phrase, great wine is made in the vineyard one more time, I'm going to lose my bananas. I think if I hear uh, wine is passion one more time, I'm going to lose my bananas. We need to find a new way to communicate. We need to find a way out of the cliches. The thing about cliches is often they are true. And I'll admit that. And wine really is passion. And great wine really is made in the vineyard. But we need a new way to communicate. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to figure it out. But we need to stop saying the same things. Friuli especially, a unique place, needs to have a unique message. We can't be saying the same things that you say in Tuscany. We can't be saying the same things that you say in in 
Piedmont or in Sicily. You know, all of the usual cliches. We need to sort of make Friuli have its own message. I don't know. Something about the richness of our region. The incredible depth and the diversity of what we have here in Friuli. Maybe that's what we should be saying. But I'm willing to take suggestions. If you're a winemaker from Friuli and you're out there, or if you're a winemaker that's not from Friuli and you're out there, what are the other ways that we can communicate wine other than the usual cliches? Let me know what your opinion is. But that's my wine rant for this week. There you go. Now on to Alessandro Pecorari. And here we are with Alessandro Pecorari from the Pierpaolo Pecorari Winery in Isonzo, correct? Yes, right. Yes. Thanks for coming to the uh, Tasting Academy today. It's my pleasure. And the pleasure is having you here. It's really nice to have you here because we sort of met kind of by accident. I've known about the winery for a long time. I've never visited your winery, but I do know the winery. I know the labels, and I'm pretty sure that when I worked as a sommelier in New York, I sold your wines as well. But this was many, many years yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah. So, but we met at, a, at an event with uh, Felix Yermann down yeah. in Grotto, yeah. and we had some really good conversations. So I can't wait to visit your winery. That's definitely next on the list of things to do with you. But uh, I would like to learn, you know, I, I would like to, for you to sort of explain a little bit about the winery, how it started, your involvement in the winery, and all that sort of stuff. So I just want to give you a chance to introduce yourself to everyone. Yep. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you. So uh, we are a family business. We are a farmer family from a uh, um, very long time, more generations, uh, in the same place, uh, in the village of uh, San Lorenzo, Isontino, in the middle of the uh, Isonzo Valley, exactly in uh, the River Alte side of the Isonzo Valley. And um, my family... Isonzo is a, is, yes. is a big river here yes, in in the Venezia Giulia, exactly, so in okay. the eastern part of Friuli, okay. uh, close from the city of Gorizia mm-hmm. and Trieste. And uh, then it runs down through yes. like Monfalcone. A little bit uh, western, okay. um, close uh, to Grado, okay. mm, right uh, okay. in the Adriatic Sea. Mm-hmm. But uh, is also born in um, Slovenian Alps, Triglav is the name of the mountain, okay. and then rounds in so- south between the Alps, Julian Alps, to the city of Gorizia. Okay. And from that city, it opened a valley, tiny valley, is a triangle, from Gorizia to west, so to Cormons, and other small villages close of the Colio Hills, mm-hmm. uh, to Gradisca. Okay. And, and in south of this valley is uh, a karst, a high plain karst. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So it's a calc mountain um, that goes to Trieste and then to Istria and uh, all the Balkan area. Oh, okay. So that's the, yeah. that's the Carso area. Yes, right. Right. But uh, Isons is a little bit northern of okay. that. And, and it's, uh, it's a lower area. Yes, it's lower. It's a valley, hmm? a flat. And exactly the area I explained to you mm-hmm. is the Rive Alte. Because uh, um, 
also uh, Isonzo have another part much more closer of the Adriatic Sea, so in western of the Karst, uh, and um, this uh, is Rive di Giare, so it's different kind of soil and mm. different also influence about climate, much more influence from the Adriatic Sea, for example. Is this still part of the Isonzo yes, DOC? Right. Yes, right, ah, yes. Both I didn't know. are Isonzo, uh-huh. but... Uh, the, um, the first is Rive Alte, so between Gorizia, uh, Cormons, and Gradisca, and uh, the other is uh, Rive di Giare, mm. okay. so a little bit uh, southwest. And so, where is your winery located? So, we are in Rive Alte, San okay. Lorenzo, yes, is a really four miles uh, from uh, Gorizia city. Mm-hmm. So it's really in the middle, in the heart of uh, the Rive Alte. And uh, so, uh, my family. Um, Farmer family uh, produced wines from more generations, but um, we um, are used to have um, a mixed cultivation. So not only um, my grandfather had not only uh, vines uh, produce grape and wines, but uh, had also corns, had greens, had uh, uh, some um, cows, okay. horse, and so it was a classic uh, uh, kind of. Uh, um, agricultural farm of the 1950s and 60s, for example. Mm-hmm. And then my father took um, uh, the farm from his father uh, in 70s and uh, decided to produce only grapes, cultivate vines and doing wines with our grapes. And uh, so he started uh, and uh, he invested a lot uh, about uh, good vines, mm-hmm. the best vines he can take, and um, doing a very good vineyards, now older of uh, 50 years. Wow, okay. And, um, and invest in uh, the cellar uh, to have the best uh, uh, machines uh, um, to, to produce very good wines. And uh, in that time he started, in the 70s, 80s, and in the beginning of 80s, uh, um, he um, produced only wines and uh, bottled uh, his uh, wines and uh, sell with the same label we have uh, still now. Ah, yes. okay. yeah. It's such a typical story yeah. um, to hear yeah. this the story yeah. of, you know, we had some land yeah. and we yeah. used to do yeah. a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody, usually somebody's dad or grandfather, yeah. makes the decision to... Uh, to change completely. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think was, I mean, you may know, I'm, I yeah. don't expect you to be inside yeah. Yeah. your dad's yeah. head, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, but what was the, the, the reason why yeah. when he said, I really want to do wine and he, enough with cows and corn? No, he loves doing wine. He loves, loves wine. Yes. He loves um, work in vineyard. And he loves the quality of the wines. And um, he, it makes... Um, he happy about doing this. Okay. And so he, it was a really passion for him yeah, really? to start. Yeah. Okay. It was not easy. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big gamble. Yes, yeah. for sure. But uh, he invests his entire life to do that. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so when you started with the yeah. monocultural so, wine, how yeah. much... Uh, how many hectares did you so have and then he, where did you have yeah. you grown? I suppose he um, started with uh, three 
five hectares vineyards mainly three, three to five yes three okay. to five right and uh, mainly where indigenous grape as Tokai Friulano now Friulano or I remember a beautiful Malvasia Malvasia okay. Estriana and uh, and then um, he, uh, he did also um, some indigenous varieties as uh, Pinot Grigio in the late 70s okay and um, and then uh, uh, also some Sauvignon Blanc mm. and Chardonnay so international grapes okay uh, our main production were about uh, white wines mm, yeah. to start. And uh, so the first concept was to have a very clean vinification, really pure vinification, mm. to have the identity about uh, the variety and the terroir characteristic. This was so, really the sort of yes. the objective yes. in that time. Yes. Almost how Friuli became famous for its wines. Talking about Schiopetto. Yes, right. And talking about Feluga. Yeah, yeah. That the whole ob- objective yeah. was stainless steel. Super yes. clean, yeah. super yeah. identifiable by grape variety yeah. and single variety wines. Yeah. Uh, that was also the way of uh, my father. Mm. And um, for sure, year by year, he looks for... Uh, identity about terroir so to uh, identify mm, the characteristic of the isonzo grapes uh, and uh, um, in the wines so we find with um, experience step by step uh, minerality of a wine mm, this mm-hmm. sapidity uh, that the grapes has and uh, also in the wines mm, right. uh, you can find and uh, so uh, this way was our mainstream work. Hmm? Um, so preserving this yes, minerality. Yes, this okay. characteristic still now absolutely is mm. very important. And, um, and so close about this kind of wines when the vineyards become older, older of 40 and 50 years, uh, we started to do also some single vineyards. So ah, okay. um, a specific vinification for uh, the grapes come from wet vineyards in the best, in best vintages and uh, doing a vinification with a natural, spontane fermentation, uh-huh. from natural yeast, and uh, also long aging on the... Um, on the leaves, mm. hmm? always uh, stainless steel. Yeah, no, this Sometimes one we doing. Too. Yes, we doing. Uh, uh, we are doing now, and uh, with, uh, he started in the early nineties uh, to do a vinification in oak, mainly okay. French oak, barrique, and uh, we are still using this mm. kind of oak, and um, and then uh, a long aging also on in the end um, stainless steel. So it's very long aging of. 15 months, for example, okay. for a white wine. In in the stainless steel or in, yes, the, in the nine, oak? Nine in oak hmm? okay. and uh, six in stainless steel. Okay, yeah, perfect. The end. Yeah. Is there something, because to be very honest, I don't think I've had many producers from Isonzo yeah. uh, on the podcast. I know my friend uh, Moreno Ferlat was one of yeah. my first guests because yeah. he's a dear friend. Yeah. But he right. may be the only Isonzo winery I've ever had. So yeah. what's, um, since you're sort of intimately connected with that place what's special about the soil the the yeah, climate yeah. the the th- about isonzo yeah, that yeah. makes it because there are some amazing wines yeah. that come out of isonzo yeah. so we love uh, our territory mm. and um, the characteristic of the soil is uh, to be gravel 
So a lot of stones come from the peak of the Alps after the last ice age. And so it's a very dry territory. We love it. We born there and we respect that. And um, Dry in the sense that it, it drains, yes, drains very much. Yes, the soil doesn't hold a lot yeah, of water. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. So this year must have been very difficult for you. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go. But, I'm sorry, uh, I interrupted we, yeah. you. No, we did. Um, we we had a good experience, and so we know very well every How to every vineyard. Yeah. Okay. And so every characteristic of the vineyards, and we had a good method about working um, for the season to have the best quality grapes we can. Okay. So rocky soil, very yeah. very good drainage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else? What a lot of minerality. Is, yeah. is it warmer or cooler than uh, say so, Colio? Um, we think is uh, a little bit colder. Mm. A little cooler. Uh, yes, because uh, we have uh, uh, often winds come from east, so from Slovenia, from the Alps, and uh, these winds uh, has the thermic inversion uh, temperature mm. characteristic of the Alps. And so we have very fresh nights also in summertime and uh, hot days and sunny. And uh, that makes a, a good ripe for, um, for grapes, but conserve, preserve very, very good uh, the, the taste, the freshness of the grape. Right. And that very important thing is to take the point about the harvest. So the perfect point to have the freshness uh, um, in the wine. Okay. And the Fresh aromatic also. So not going too ripe? Not too right. ma- no, yeah, absolutely. Right. Also, the single vineyards, we don't um, use to go too ripe, okay. to take the grapes too ripe. Yeah. We talk about the concept of this sort of temperature excursion. Yeah. You know, warm days, cool yeah. nights. We Very often we talk about that, not just in yeah. Friuli, but everywhere in the yeah. world. For sure. Can you talk a little bit about, for people who might not understand that concept, why it's so important? So it's very important because um, uh, it um, um, preserves the aroms in the grape. And the ripe is um, not too fast. Mm. Uh, and is um, also very, very fresh for the taste. Mm. It's a fresh fruit taste in the grape mm? and so is absolutely for us for the finest aroms in the wines is very important to have this excursion uh, temperature day and night in our experience we know we can have a couple of weeks uh, maybe between uh, end of july and beginning of august very hot where this uh, excursion is um, uh, smaller as okay. usual. But uh, from 5, 10 August to September, we have a great excursions uh, about f- for, for the better uh, ripe of grapes mm-hmm. and, uh, and also before is very good. And um, this depends, honestly, about um, the vintage. Mm. Every vintage has his own history. Of course. But um, generally, uh, the way is this. Mm. Okay. So it really helps to preserve the the fresh, fruity aromas in the wine. Yeah, the freshness. And I like that, the comment saying that that things don't ripen too quickly. Yeah. It gives the vines a chance to rest and the the ripening season is longer. Yes, it's very important. important. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So where are you at now? I mean you're 
your so you started with your grandfather you moved to your father when did yep. you sort of yep. um, jump in there and and we talked about white wines but we didn't talk about red wines do yep. you also make some reds yes we do we cultivate uh, um, some refosco we love refosco is our lovely red we well the red we love more mm -hmm. and um, then we have some international grapes as uh, merlot and uh, also some cabernet franc okay uh, but uh, we cultivate also some uh, pinot noir hmm? and uh, we okay. use um, this uh, two reds so pinot noir and refosco also to do a um, particular rosé wine we mm. called rosalba Mm. Okay. And there is a specific cultivation of Pinot Noir and a specific cultivation of Refosco. We do particular harvest, usually is um, two weeks before as the usual harvest for oh, red okay. grapes. And uh, we do a very light color rosé, mm, still and dry. Uh, in the province style of rosé. Okay. And um, it's very fruity. Mm? And I fermented. remember, I remember yes. it well from Grado. Yeah. Yes, yeah. right. It's delicious. Yeah. And um, it's absolutely dry in the palate with a little touch of mineral come from the soil. And uh, it's it has a long aging for seven, eight months on the lees. So it's very serious yeah. rosé. Okay. Yeah. Well made. What does the time on the lees Add to the wine, add to this rosé. Um, it's uh, seven months, seven months on the lees. Yes, okay. aging in the stainless steel tank. But what yeah. does the lees contact do to the wine? Uh, so give um, complexity, mm -hmm. a little bit body, mm? mm -hmm. um, and um, structure, texture also. Yeah. Okay. Do you use the Pinot Noir only for the Rosato? Yes, we do. Okay, so yeah. you don't make yeah. a pure no. Pinot Noir. No, no. Do we, you have plans to do that someday? Not for the moment. Oh, okay. No, I love so much Rosé and the expression of Pinot Noir in the Rosé way that uh, we're doing in this is th method. This is, they're starting slowly to pop up in Friuli, the Rosé wines. I know Ronki Di Chala makes yeah. one. I know Bastianich yeah. makes one. Um, we yeah. just tasted a, 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 a rosé, yeah. practically a rosé made yeah. from um, from Pinot Grigio, which is yeah. more of a Ramato. But anyway, um, is was there something about rosé in general that you really loved? I mean, did you travel to Provence and fall in love with, with yes. rosé? Right. Is that what happened, really? Yeah. Yes, right. I yeah. totally guessed yeah. that. Yeah. That was, yeah. ah, okay. And you love that wine and yeah. decided to come back and make some yourself. Um, so uh, we started to do Rosalba in uh, 2005 um, uh, when my um, oh, so this mother, is not a new project. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's uh, as a long time hmm, ago. And so this year we are the 17th harvest vintage of uh, Rosalba wine. Were you the first uh, to make rosé uh, for Yuli? I don't know, but That's uh, a one because rosé is kind be, of a yeah. recent kind yeah. of phenomenon. Yeah. Mm, but uh, I I find my dimension in the rosé wine okay. in that time. And I love so much the rosés from uh, France, from Provence, for example. Also Bandol, uh, I love that. And um, I, I tried uh, uh, to do something with our grapes. And to do that, I have to change the mentality to cultivate the grapes, the vines of rosé, uh, of uh, reds, 
and, uh, and also the vinification. So we needed two, three years to find the correct way uh, to vinificate this uh, uh, rosé, these red grapes to do rosé, and then uh, um, to, to be inside of, uh, of the concept. And, and, uh, and so we were surprised about the quality, the freshness, the kind of aroms you can have in the wine and also the potential uh, of the evolution of the wine. Oh. Yes, it's unbelievable. A lot of people think, um, still now, that rosé is a seasonal wine. In mm? fact. But uh, uh, I can guarantee to you, we can taste rosés from uh, two or three years are beautiful after a long aging in the bottles, for example. Well, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna hold you to that yeah. when I come and visit you yeah. at your cellar. Yeah. You're gonna have to yeah. pull out because it's very popular in the states. I would yes. imagine that yeah. the U.S. is your main market for your rosé. It's one of the best markets. Yeah. Yes, for rosé. Yeah, but it's basically, and I know this from experience. It's like September first, all of yeah. the rosé goes into the bargain bin. Everything gets yeah. sold for nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, uh, in the United States, for example, uh, the market is, is huge, and so you have uh, Florida or the states in South. They start always to warm. Drink. Yes, it's always warm and uh, has a great uh, is a great market uh, after the normal market. For example, for New York, exactly started, uh, in um, in March. Uh, to September, but uh, uh, there are a lot of people loves rosé and need this wine uh, for all the year, mm. and uh, and drink this wine all the year. Do you think Italians will come around to rosé eventually? Because Italians, especially Friulani, don't don't really it's love rosé. Not in the mind. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, here uh, we have in Italy a lot of Prosecco Rosé that is a completely different product. Yeah. It's not still, is really another thing. And so I know here in Italy the people love drink uh, a lot of Prosecco Rosé and not still Rosé. But um, I hope for the future will be a good place also to drink here because it's a wine um, you can drink easier in in a pool or on the sea sailing <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly. beautiful place uh, we have a lot of beautiful place it perfect food also to yes. pair with this kind of wine yeah do you do you have a boat not personally but okay. uh, i love sail with friends with rosé yes ah, also okay. i take always some magnums it's with. The, it's the perfect wine yeah. to bring on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I personally love rosé. It's hard to find. Yeah. Um, but I do enjoy I yeah. enjoy drinking it during the summer. But maybe I need to open my mind a little yeah. bit too and start yeah. drinking some rosé yeah. after yeah. September. Yeah. Uh, it's probably something yeah. I need to yeah. work on personally. You know, last year I had some asks about rosé from uh, the ski areas. So No kidding. Yes, yes right. Yeah, yeah. Um, mainly in uh, Austria or in uh, Swiss. Mm? Okay. Uh, there are some wine bars that use rosé also for a uh, winter time. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. rosé has this yeah. sort of yeah. sunny disposition, <laughs> yeah. right? And, you know, when you go skiing, there yeah. are those days when you have yeah. this blinding yeah. sun with yeah. on the white snow. Yeah. Rosé would be very nice. Yeah. 
let's hope that rosé becomes yeah. like this, you know, the the opera ski yeah. wine. <laughs> I think that would be great. Yeah, yeah. No, instead of just being sort of this idea, you drink it during the summer and next to the pool and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's very interesting, and hopefully that will that will grow for you. Yeah. Um, and I look forward to tasting some of those yeah. back vintages as well with you when we get a chance. So moving on, your family in the seventies concentrating on white wines mostly. Um, and then when did you sort of start to get involved with the winery and did you always want to make wine? Yeah. So I'm growing up uh, in the winery. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was bread and wine. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, all your life. Yes, absolutely. And, um, I had, um, a great passion in my life. Um, It was, um, study history and philosophy mm-hmm. mainly history and uh, and so i do i divide my life in two parts one was study and the rest was work with passion uh, in the family business okay and so i can tell you about a specific date when i decided to do that because i i 48 years old and for sure uh, it's my 40 harvest <laughs> too. so because i was there and i had my family um, so basically as long as you walked you did the harvest yes <laughs> okay 48 years old 40 yeah. hard not not yeah, many yeah, people yeah. can say that yeah. that they've done 40 harvests at 48 so and uh, also more <laughs> and more and uh, yeah and so when i finish my studies i start around uh, 99 2000 mm-hmm. uh, to work in the winery completely okay. full time full time and uh, so I so you didn't study enology you didn't study no, agriculture no. you studied no. history yes. and philosophy yes, right. which we yeah. talked about yeah yeah, yeah. we'll go into that a little yeah, bit yeah because uh, uh, i had a big uh, question in my life mm-hmm. i i need uh, to to know what happened and uh, in the how past. in the past yes and uh, mainly um, uh, what uh, uh, also the methods to, to think of uh, the people. Yeah. And so philosophy was very interesting mm-hmm. for me um, about uh, um, how the people think. Mm. Yeah. And so Classical philosophy yeah. or yes. uh, yeah. modern philosophy, yeah. Eastern, Western philosophy? My, a little start, bit of everything? Yes. Yeah. A little bit old, um, and uh, and in the end, I move myself in the Oriental philosophy, yeah, and uh, religions also. But it was only a, a touch hmm? okay. uh, for personal culture, yeah. And uh, that moves my decisions uh, was to know what happened in the history in the West world hmm? and uh, how were the, the process to arrive at today, mm-hmm. for example. And uh, it was for me a really great passion, and uh, it was uh, more years very intense about studium, mm-hmm. study. Yeah. So, has that passion for history somehow spilled over into your life in wine? Yes. How? Yes. How yeah. that? There are not two things that necessarily yeah. no, go together. Absolutely. No. Uh, but uh, is a um, method of approach of life. No? Uh-huh. So to know what happened and uh, to know the history, the roots of um, 
civilization hmm? and uh, to understand uh, how uh, our old parents lived and how was uh, where uh, their life. Okay. And so how did that affect your life in wine? I'm really curious about life. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And so when I do my work, my job, the approach with the people also is, I think, different as mm. um, because I'm, I love to know and uh, to p- present what we can do with uh, the tradition of our work, uh, how was uh, our history, hmm? mm-hmm. uh, not only the family, but also about uh, our territorial. Hmm? You know, we, we are here in an area where you can find, uh, um, uh, still now, very intense, uh, free languages, free cultures, yeah. and more also. And uh, you can find that in the wine, in the food, in the um, methods of life, lifestyle of the people. Mm. And uh, this makes, for me, Friuli, a very rich area. Yeah. Absolutely. So these three cultures, so the German with Austrian, uh, the Slav, with Slovenian, Croatian, and uh, also the um, Italian with mm. uh, Latin, with uh, Friuli people. But we have uh, some um, influences from Hungary, Okay. Uh, from uh, the Empire, Austria, and Hungary. Oh, okay. And so of course, uh, for, from <laughs> from from that time. So it was not too much time ago. So on only yeah. hundred years, mm-hmm. and uh, also from Greece, for example, uh, and from Albania, okay. because uh, we have here a great city. It is uh, Trieste, Trieste. That is a p- harbor, main harbor in the North Adriatic Sea. And uh, so um, over there, y- you have a, a really a fusion about all these influences. Mm? So it's very richness. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you, just thinking about, the, obviously Trieste is very important, Venice also very yeah. important, yeah. right? Yes. Um, and these were, these points of entry and exit for yeah. so many different cultures from all over the Mediterranean and then especially here in Trieste yeah. also yeah. from North Europe yes, say absolutely. Austria yeah, and Hungary yeah, it's so, that yeah. very so interesting from, from Poland also from Poland it was a lot of influences yes it's not a comparison between Venice and Trieste. No. They um, have completely different histories and r- different roots. Mm? Uh, Venice was an incredible freedom uh, republic and uh, commercial mainly. Trieste uh, was uh, different because it was a part of an empire. Mm. Mm. Oh, okay. uh, the concept was different about uh, business mm? and um, and also Trieste uh, were for um, more of 100 years uh, the main empower, important harbor of uh, uh, South Europe. Mm? Okay. Uh, so it, uh, it, it was the only commercial harbor um, for all the empire. Uh-huh. Austria and the Aust- Hungarian okay. Empire. And that uh, you can imagine how rich and uh, how important it uh, was. Mm. That. And so what happened 
in Trieste. Yeah. Because all the people arrived there, it was really an uh, important city. Mm. Uh, not only for business, but for culture. culture. Yes, yeah. you can smell that still now. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where do you where do you see that in, yes, in Trieste? Looking the, at it through the, your eyes. Yes, um, you can see in Trieste because Trieste has more theaters. Ah. Yes, more kind of church. Oh, so okay. you can find the Orthodox Church. Um, it has a ghetto. Mm, right, also. exactly. Yeah, yes. yeah the, the and, Jewish uh, ghetto. Yeah. So there is a part of the city Greek, mm? ah. and so with uh, Greek influences, uh, there is uh, a beautiful building also from uh, US made uh, in Trieste. Oh, really? Um, before they leave in uh, 1954. Uh, right. Mm? Uh, so in the Lungomare, the red one you see on the left from uh, Molo Dace is uh, beautiful, is in the Manhattan style. Oh, okay. Uh, and, I'll have to look yeah. out for that the next time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You oh, see okay. immediately. Uh, it's and, typically uh, yeah, American. It, yeah. Yes, right. It's so the only that's one. That's not necessarily yeah. a good thing. Though. Oh, <laughs> stay good with yeah. a landscape. Hmm? With right. a, it's beautiful. Yeah, I think a and, lot of people yeah. don't realize that Trieste yeah. was more yeah. or less part of the United States yes. until the mid-50s, you said? Uh, no, uh, it was um, Territorio Libero di Trieste. So it was uh -huh. an administration, American and Britain administration, from uh, forty-five. And uh, to fifty four, so 54. for nine years. Yeah. Wow! And uh, yeah, and uh, so it was the end of the Second World War, mm. Mm. and uh, we had uh, a border very close, and it was not uh, identify the border, so it was moving border <sighs> yeah, Still for a long time. time yes, yeah. between Italy and um, and Yugoslavia at mm. that time, and uh, and so. The city changed a lot. Mm. You have to imagine the city part of an empire or one of the only port harbor mm. for um, for one fourth of Europe uh, wow. to be uh, only a city with no land close and so this is uh, the changing of uh, Trieste city very mm. interesting yeah. very interesting so but get yeah yeah but uh, the culture still alive. Mm? Yeah. Uh, I, nice. I love how you describe for you, and especially, I guess, Trieste and yeah. as rich. I, th yeah. I don't think people... Yeah outside of free really yep. realize how yep. rich the history and culture is here yeah and uh, another thing um, so the name of the region is uh, friuli venezia giulia and uh, most people don't know what is venezia giulia hmm? right. venezia giulia is a name born in the beginning of 20th century from uh, ascoli hmm? and um, it's a mean area where the people speak a Venetian language mm -hmm. uh, in the bottom of the Julian Alps. And okay. So main people think that uh, we are very close from Venice because right. it's Venezia, but we are far, so more of 100 kilometers east side yeah. of uh, uh, Venice, and uh, we are eastern part of uh, Friuli, and um, it's a region uh, part in Italy, part uh, actually in Slovenia mm -hmm. and um, it was before part of Empire Austrian-Hungarian with uh, the name of Österreichisches uh, Küsterland. Ah, yeah. okay. Which translated would be? So it's... Uh, Austrian? It's, uh, yes, Austrian uh, seaside. Ah, 
Okay. Yeah. So it was literally like yeah. the Austrian yeah. seaside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we have Miramare, which is yes, the summer right. residence. Yes, Maximilian. Exactly. For, yes, beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Mo- very, yeah. yeah. Obviously, very much worth yeah. visiting yeah. Trieste yeah. Yeah. Um, for that cultural. And yeah. then not far from Trieste, yeah. we have your winery to visit. Yes. How far are you yes. from Trieste? We are 35 kilometers. You can yes. almost walk. <laughs> yes, in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the... Uh, there is a beautiful way <coughs> to go out of Trieste is uh, via del Friuli. It's the oh. original way. Uh, it was um, the uh, 19th century built and uh, is a way that goes up on the karst um, okay. from Trieste, from the harbor, and goes directly to Gorizia. And uh, he is passed to the village of uh, Prosecco. Okay. Uh, up of a um, karst uh, mountain, and uh, is from there you have a beautiful view of the city. Uh huh. Let's get back to your wines. Yeah. So you enter in after your studies in the late nineties. Yeah. Okay. Did you come in ready to change things, or were you ready to sort of carry on the tradition? Was this an easy transition for you? So um, I I looked to carry on uh, as possible the tradition of uh, the production of wines. But um, in the main same time, I tried to change something with uh, Rosé. Okay, Rosalba, that was my project ah, to okay. start. Yeah. So this was sort of yeah, your baby. Yeah, yeah. but uh, at the same time, uh, um, I support my family uh, to produce better and better. Also, the single vineyards. Hmm? We told before about uh, the single vineyard whites. They mm-hmm. had the name of the uh, area where we have the, um, the vineyards. Okay. So, for example, uh, Pinot Grigio name is Oliver's. That is a specific area between the villages of San Lorenzo and Mossa. And it took the name from a large cultivation of Oliven tree in the um, really 18th centuries. Yes, ah. right. Uh, there is a beautiful painting uh, from uh, a late uh, 18th century from uh, Villa Codelli in Mossa, uh, where um, the valley down are full of uh, oliven trees. Olive trees. Yes, right. Wow. We do also a single vineyard of Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Uh, and this single vineyard. The plants are older of 40 years, uh, is in the area of Colaus. We took these names from the oldest maps uh, ah. of a village. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these maps were made in the beginning of uh, 19th century, so mainly uh, from uh, 1811. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 200 years ago. Yes. Mm. Um, and then we do uh, another single vineyard uh, of Chardonnay mm-hmm. grape, main age, the vines, uh, the name is Soris. Yeah. Okay. Another village mm, uh, okay. between uh, San Lorenzo and uh, Farra. Mm, and uh, this is, uh, here we have the most um, gravel area oh, okay. we have. Mm, so it's really white, white stones and big stones, very um, mineral mm. also. Okay. And uh, about the reds, uh, we do two single vineyards, uh, only the best vintages. Uh, One is uh, a Merlot, and take the name of uh, Baular, 
Bowler okay. is a name of a tree we have in the vineyard, and this tree is um, is very big and old. And um, is, it, is it a type of tree? Yes, is a type of tree. Yeah. Um, Baular. Baular, yes. Yeah. Uh, in Italian, is uh, Spaccasassi. Baular is the name ah. Itali- in Friuli. Friulano. Direct, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Baular is a wood with them, the old people made the wisp. Fruste. Wi- oh, whip. Whip. Whips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, they yeah, made whips, whips yeah, from yeah, yeah, these trees. Yeah. Yeah. So it's oh. very elastic. Okay. Oh, wow. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look that up to see what that is in, in English. Yeah. See what that what yeah. that translates into. Oh, okay. But you also have, and now we're going to sort of circle back a yeah. little bit to your your love of philosophy and, and Eastern philosophy, a red wine called Tao. Yes, yes right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which caught my attention yeah. because... Yeah. Um, it's something that I've studied and loved over my yeah. many years of not only studying, but just reading about Eastern philosophy and religion, yeah. about how much I love Taoism. So really caught my eye. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, we do Tao with uh, Refosco del Peduncolo Rosso. It's the red grape we must love. And um, this grape is unbelievable because it's uh, a very uh, high age potential so um, and uh, this wine has a great identity has always is very fresh in the nose very uh, wild strawberries blueberry arums in the nose and uh, has a great freshness in the palate with a good combination between uh, tannins and uh, minerality but uh, and and um, before in the 90s uh, we do this single vineyard and um, uh, we use uh, the name Pantarei. Mm? So uh, in that time I studied Greek philosophy mm-hmm. and so you can't do two times, you can't swim two times in the same uh, river. Uh-huh. Uh, that was the concept. So the, the life change always. You can do the same experience for two times. It's always something different and change. Mm? And, uh, and so... After that, I move my study uh, in the um, Oriental mm-hmm. religion and philosophy, and uh, and so I find this very similar concept uh, in the Taoism. Exactly, and uh, so you don't have. Uh, only the good and separate the bad in your life but you have a little bit bad in the good and a little bit good in the bad and all turning and this uh, um, thing happened also in the wines because yeah. in the in the work in the wine life mm, uh, all changing with the aging of the wines mm, and so you can be surprised about in the wine mm, and so is a symbol of life of course and uh, this is the, the, i think in my opinion is uh, the most iconic symbol of life and so we we i had the idea to put to the most iconic wine we had mm, so as a reforsco del peduncolo okay. rosso from old vines most yeah. iconic wine yeah. most yeah. iconic yeah. symbol yes for sure oh, okay yeah. yeah sort of this uh um static dynamism you know yeah. polar opposites yeah. you know yeah. so um i think it's it's really interesting that you've brought that into and i can think of so many ways but is that something that also guides kind of your your life philosophy as well yeah yeah really yeah. 
So how, how does, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to get into religious questions or anything yep. like that. I mean, that's very personal, yep. but, um, what is it about Taoism that sort of keeps you moving forward? What is it about Taoism that it maybe influences your work with wine? So, uh, the first is the respect of the nature, oh, okay. of the ambient. Yeah. And, uh, to consider it all not as absolute, but, uh, relative. Mm-hmm. Uh, about uh, the moment and uh, this is the most influence uh, I can have mm, right. from uh, this kind of philosophy yeah okay and the, and as far as the wines are concerned how is that is it connected to uh, obviously you have one wine yeah, very yeah, much yeah. connected to that concept yes but the influence is uh, everywhere right all the wines absolutely uh, we we have to try to do our best mm. in every situation, but uh, we have also to accept if not all is as we need or we want. Okay. And so not all depends about us directly. Exactly. Yeah. And also there, there's a lot of that idea that Taoism talks about everything is interconnected. Yes, absolutely. You know? yeah. And so yeah. we <laughs> need to take care yeah. Yeah, sure. of yeah the land we work yeah, because yeah, it gives yeah, us yes, our livelihood. Yeah, yeah. So it's not we something gave, that we exploit. Yeah. Good idea to keep in mind when you're, when you're working the land, yeah. you know, you are married to yes. your enologist, yes. Kletzia, yes, right. <laughs> who I met many, many years ago yeah. teaching English in English yeah, course. Yeah. So I've known her for a while. Um, what's it like being married to your enologist? Is it difficult? Mm. Um, Do you guys fight? No, no, good. No, no. We have, uh, we are happy uh, first in uh, our family life, mm? and uh, is uh, we are really different persons, and um, we do a Tao <laughs> together, <laughs> and, uh, and so to be different is also rich, mm? and um, and uh, respect the other also about the concept, the rule mm? uh, is very important. And uh, for sure, not 100% of time is in this side. Mm, could be also different. Mm-hmm. But um, I think with time and with age, mm, it's uh, more easier. Yeah. How, how long have you been working together? Uh, we are working together from 2016. Okay. Mm, but uh, we are married from more of 20 years. Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah. she started out working yes, with other yes. wineries. She had more experience mm, with mm-hmm. our wineries. And so, uh, and she enjoyed mm, okay. uh, also uh, about that. And, um, and then we decided some years ago, to 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 walk in the same path fantastic that's great and you know now i i know as far as my wife is concerned her biggest nightmare would be having me go to work with her (laughs) because we are also very different people so it's great that you guys get along at home and also at work you've i'm sure you've grown together yeah 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 absolutely we do we take a decision together and um it, it's nice uh, because uh, it's also fast to take a decision because ah. we know the position about both mm, and uh, we have uh, we have a possibility to to take the best decision always mm. wow. and so we have time more time also to speak about that yeah. and um, yeah 
you guys give off a good vibe as a yes. couple. Yeah. You know, when you see together and sitting with yeah. you together yeah. and yeah. talking yeah. like yeah. we did in grottos, yeah. you can feel that you guys get yeah. along yeah. well. You know, we had uh, we have also a good team in the winery. Ah. A lot of how guys. many how many employees? Yeah, so we are between between ten to 15. 15 yeah, wow. and uh, um, or youngs, hmm? and so with a lot of energy, looking to do the best. Okay. Hmm? Yeah. Some some children or no uh, children? We, do you guys have any children? You and Clizia. Yes, we yeah. have a daughter, eighteen oh. years old. So eighteen. Is she yes. involved as well? Uh, she's studying now. Mm. She has a lot of dreams, and uh, we live uh, in her dreams. Hmm? Okay. And uh, so we don't know. Maybe the future. Yeah, could be. But uh, uh, she's interested. She's hmm? interested. She's interested Good. about uh, the winery, the works. Hmm? But uh, she's. Still young and um, no pressure. Yeah, yeah, no, no pressure. Fantastic. One last question, and then I'll let you go. So I don't want to keep you too long. So anything new happening in the future? New wines, new projects, something exciting that you've come up with? Tell us a little bit. Maybe there's something in the works that we don't know about, or maybe that just happened. So, um, for a moment, we have no new project wines but uh, we are working hard to do the best about what we do now so to to work better and better to have a very high level quality wines Mm. also for a simple wines for example, we are very concentrate now with a uh, Friulano, Tokai Friulano ah, grape. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to have why? A, why this particular grape? Because we love this mm. variety. Also, Me too. yeah, and uh, and so has great characteristic uh, uh, identity, and um, we will have maybe in the next years uh, um, a long aging uh, Friulano on mm. the lease, and uh, and so we are working on it. Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Before I let you go, where can people see a lineup of your wines? You, obviously, you must have a website, right? Yes, we, we have a website. PierpaoloPecorari. Okay. It. Dot IT. And, um, so all together? Yes, all together. Okay, yes. so no lines, Names, no dashes? No, nothing. PierpaoloPecorari. Yes, okay. it's very long. Yes. <laughs> and um, and uh, we, we sell very well also mm-hmm. in uh, New York market, okay. in the U.S., Florida, Wisconsin. And Florida, yeah. that's your rosé yes. market. Yes, <laughs> And um, Minnesota. Minnesota, wow, yes. interesting and, areas. Um, Michigan State, mm-hmm. so the Midwest, and also in California. We work very well in I, San Francisco. I often tell yeah. winemakers in yeah. Friuli who are yeah. always like, I need to get into New York, I need to get yeah. into San Francisco. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. go sell your wine in Tennessee and Ohio yeah. and yeah. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Those are overlooked markets yeah, that have yeah. people who are very yeah. sophisticated drinkers yeah. but people tend yeah. to overlook them because it's in the middle right fly yeah. over yeah. country but bravo for with, concentrating yeah. on those areas yeah. with deep america it's very nice exactly yeah, it's middle america yes yeah, yeah. and uh, to meet also the people you've it's had beautiful. good experiences there yes i have ah. yes more fantastic yeah. i have a lot of friends there ah. yes so you travel a lot. Um, I travel, yes. Yeah, I in do. fact, we yeah, had a yeah. hard time sort of yeah. picking a date because yeah. this yeah. was the only week you were yeah. available. Yeah. 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 Wow, amazing. Well, Alessandro, thank you so much for spending some time with us. 
Um, I'm really looking forward to the next time you're in yeah. town. I know that yeah. you're getting, you know, I'm busy this week. You're busy next week probably. But the next time you're in town and you have a moment, I'll come yeah. and visit you. And I'm really looking forward to tasting through all of your wines. Thank you, Wayne. Thanks very much, Alessandro. Say hi to Clizia for me. Yes, I do. Okay, thanks again. Thank you.